while back, I guess in a, a different lifetime, uh, we lived uh, in another city and our house was on a corner lot. It was an inside corner, so the road curved around this way and we were kind of on the inside corner and the lot was, I was almost like a pizza slice, right? So the, the front yard's pretty small, but the backyard quite spacious. We had a, uh, a fence around it and uh, that was great for, uh, for our kids as our family grew and our kids could go out and play in a safe place and swing on the, on the tree and all the things. Uh, it was also a great place for our little dog, Abby, our little beagle, to go run and play and howl at the world and all those things, right? All you had to do was just uh, open up the door and she just went running. She could go wherever and explore that whole yard and, and uh, do all the things that, that, that she could do. The problem was she didn't usually do that. Uh, shortly after moving into that house, we noticed uh, uh, tracks or paths starting to appear uh, in, in the yard where the grass is worn down and uh, the path followed the fence line. And then also there were several kind of diagonal across the yard, uh, past the, uh, past the walnut tree and, and up around the garage and, and, uh, crisscrossing the yard. There were three or four paths going and, and, uh, we, we, we literally had dirt trails forming in our big, gracious, uh, you know, spacious, uh, uh, lawn. And, uh, it, did, it didn't take much for us to realize that, that our dog was a creature of habit. And, uh, she was on patrol and, uh, she was going in her little, uh, and she had, she, the places that maybe your dogs do this too, I don't know, but uh, she was following the same paths, the same routine, uh, the same habit over and over and over and over again, so much that it was literally wearing, uh, wearing dirt paths in the yard where it once had been grass. As I think about it, uh, maybe she might have gotten that from me uh, because I tend to get stuck in ruts sometimes too. I'm not sure uh, whether that's true of you or not, but I understand uh, from, uh, although I've, I've never been a shepherd, I understand that sheep are, are known for that as well. Left on their own, sheep will follow the same paths over and over again, literally digging ruts into the ground, ruining the field, and then missing some of the great parts of the field that they never get to because they're always going in the same places. Today we're, we're, uh, we're going to continue our walk through the fertile pastures of Psalm 23. Uh, when the Lord is our shepherd, uh, we've learned that, that we can be content, right? We, we don't have to worry about the, the things that we need or the things that bug us. Uh, our shepherd is watching over us. Last time we, we focused on uh, the first part of verse 3 where we saw that uh, he's ready to restore our souls. And so we're four weeks in and we're finishing the third verse. And, uh, and yet, as we walk through these, uh, these times, I believe they're rich and full, and, and God is speaking to us. Psalm 23, verse 3b says this, He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Maybe your translation says, He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Same, same idea, uh, a little bit different wording in the English. But he guides me along the right paths. For his name's sake. If there's, if there's one thing that we need to learn from Psalm 23, maybe above everything else, I don't know, I don't want to, want to make a hierarchy of things, but if one very, very important thing we need to learn from Psalm 23, it's that sheep need guidance. They need to be guided. 
they don't do well on their own. Uh, we've we've uh, been referring to this book by Philip Keller, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, and uh, he says, uh, from being a shepherd for, uh, for years, uh, he says that sheep can get into all kinds of trouble, and we saw last time with the, the cast sheep, right, and they would get, they would lay down and, and can't get back up again and need, need a shepherd to help them, and uh, they get lost, they, they, they take off, they eat the wrong things, they, they, they drink the, all the things, they, they, they don't even know where to go. In chapter six of, of his book, Philip Keller writes this, sheep are notorious creatures of habit. If left to themselves, they will follow the same trails until they become ruts, graze the same hills until they turn to desert wastes, pollute their own ground until it is corrupt with disease and parasites. Many of the world's finest sheep ranges have been ruined beyond repair by overgrazing, poor management, and indifferent or ignorant sheep owners. A commonly held but serious misconception about sheep is that they can just, quote, get along anywhere. The truth is quite the reverse. No other class of livestock requires more careful handling, more detailed direction than do sheep. And over and over again, Scripture compares us, you and me, to sheep. Left to our own devices, to our own, quote, wisdom, it doesn't take very long for us to ruin things, right? Uh, the prophet Isaiah says it this way, Isaiah 56, uh, 53, 6, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. When we, when we go our own way, we end up making a mess of things. Things that, that seem fine and good to us in the moment uh, tend to result in problems, not only for us, but for those around us. Just as sheep can ruin their own pasture, we can easily make a mess of our lives if we're not following the guidance of the Lord, our shepherd. So it's important to know that sheep need guidance. If we're like sheep, then we need guidance. And then it's very then important to know that The Lord, your shepherd, is ready and willing and wants to guide you. Your shepherd wants to guide you. Some religions and and beliefs give a nod to a divine being. Yeah, we believe there's a God out there somewhere, and uh, but but he's not a- active and involved, right? Uh, he, maybe he got things going in creation, but then he just sits back and kind of watches to see see it all play out. That is not the picture of the shepherd that David paints here in Psalm 23. Uh, he, he paints the picture of a shepherd who guides. Uh, the, the, the shepherd knows the messes that we can get into when we follow our own whims and desires, so he is always guiding. And we can trust him as our guide because his guidance is always right. He guides us along the right paths. Maybe, maybe you know, paths of righteousness. Uh, either way you say it, that's where the shepherd is going, in paths that develop righteousness in us. If you're following him, that's where you'll be, on the right paths. Uh, it, it's what he does. Uh, he guides his flock along the right paths. So let's unpack that a little bit. In, uh, there's a lot of focus today about purpose. People have uh, mission statements for their own lives, for their families. Maybe the, 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 the place where you work or the, the organization you belong to, there's a, there's a purpose or a mission. We're, we're heading here and, and we're, we're doing this and we're accomplishing that. And, and that's important. We need to know those things. We, we need to, to know where we're heading and what we're trying to accomplish. But, but there's more than that included here when, when this psalm mentions the right paths. It's not just talking about these are the paths that lead to that right place. He's not just describing a destination. 
he's describing the journey of life along the paths. Right paths aren't just about where we're going, but also about who we are and how we live as we go, as we walk the paths of life with God. It's, it's about our own righteousness. It's about holiness. Paths of righteousness are all about uh, the places that Jesus takes us in order to build and develop our character, to form his holiness within us. The, the, the point of, of a shepherd guiding his sheep is that they'll, be, they'll, they'll stay healthy, right? They, uh, they, they, they don't usually have a specific destination in mind. They just know that in order to, to, to help their sheep get the best food and to avoid the pollutants and disease and all the things that the, shepherd can't, or the sheep can't just stay where they are, they've got to be moving. They've got to be going. They need to be guided on the right paths where they'll have everything they need to be healthy and strong. And the Lord, our shepherd, is concerned with who we are uh, and and, uh, who we are becoming. He wants to keep us moving, to, to get away from the barren ground that we tend to gravitate toward, the pests and the pollutants that would seek to infect us, and, and instead to guide us to the fertile places where we can thrive, where we can enjoy that abundant life. And that life is only found as we follow him down the right paths. Uh, he leads us, he guides us in the right paths. So, Sheep need guidance. We're like sheep. Uh, the, the shepherd wants to guide us. Uh, he's gu- his guidance will lead us to the right place. So we have a decision to make. We have to decide to follow the shepherd. We have to submit to his leadership and guidance. Because you can't make yourself righteous. Holiness is God's work. Uh, he'll, he'll take you to the, to the best places. He'll develop his holy character uh, in you along the way. So just follow the shepherd. And, and maybe that's, that's where, we, where we get to. We're, we're, uh, sheep, uh, sheep need guidance. We're like sheep. God wants to guide us. Uh, he guides us in the right places. So we just need to follow him. And just as easy as that. We just submit to his leadership and follow the shepherd. So maybe the sermon's over, we just follow the shepherd, that's it, right? No such luck. There's a problem because sheep are stubborn. They can, they can get something in their head and they insist on going the way they want to go and, and it, it takes a lot of effort to get, back, get them back on track. And, and sheep tend to be almost self-destructive at times. They, they continue to go back to places that, that, that get them into trouble. I think that's all of us at times, right? We think we know what we want. We think we know what's best. But it's just, I mean, it's just obvious that that's not. We're bound and determined to do what we want to do. Even if it doesn't end well, we're stubborn. Again, Keller uh, writes these words. There, are, there is something almost terrifying about the destructive self-determination of a human being. Just as sheep will blindly, habitually, stupidly follow one another along the same little trails until they become ruts that erode into gigantic gullies, so we humans cling to the same habits that we've seen ruin other lives. We read in Proverbs 14.12 and 16.25, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. In contrast to which, Christ the good shepherd comes gently and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, And he says in John 10.10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The difficult point is that most of us don't want to come. We don't want 
to follow. We don't want to be led in paths of righteousness. The stubborn, self-willed, proud, self-sufficient sheep that persists in pursuing its old paths and grazing on its old polluted ground will end up a bag of bones on ruined land. The world we live in is full of such folk. Broken homes, broken hearts, derelict lives, and twisted personalities remind us everywhere of men and women who have gone their own way. We have a sick society struggling to survive on beleaguered land. The greed and selfishness of mankind leave behind a legacy of ruin and remorse. Taken back to that line he said, we don't want to follow. We don't want to be led. I'm also reminded of that old story. It's, it's been maybe over-preached, but uh, it's that story about the, uh, uh, the battleship navigating waters uh, on a dark, foggy night. And the captain of the ship uh, looks out into the dark night and he sees a faint light in the distance. And, and, uh, and so he immediately tells his signal, signalman to send a message to that other vessel. Alter your course 10 degrees south. But a return message is then received. Alter your course 10 degrees north. The captain was angry because his command had been ignored. So he sent a second message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I'm a captain. Dog on it. I, I, I added that dog on it. But uh, soon an- another message then is received back. Alter your course ten degrees north. I'm a seaman, third class. Angrier still by this obvious insubordination, the captain sent a third message, knowing that uh, that it would evoke fear. And he said, "Alter your course ten degrees south. I am a battleship." And then the reply came back: "Alter your course ten degrees north. I am a lighthouse." How often do we act that way with God as he's directing our lives and we think we're justified doing what we want to do and going where we want to go and, uh, and we get stubborn and we, we think we're just justified in, in doing it our way and, and it feels like God is just out to ruin our plans when in reality he's simply directing us in the right paths the places where we should go the things that will work out best and will develop our righteousness You won't find the right paths if you're stubbornly refusing to submit to the shepherd's leadership. So again, it's just that easy. Follow the shepherd. But but maybe easy isn't the right word there. Because right paths aren't always easy. They're not always the quickest. They're not always the most direct. They're not uh, usually straight. Uh, following the shepherd sometimes takes us places, usually takes us places that we never thought we'd go. And many times it doesn't make sense and it seems to take forever. And we're still following, Lord, but where's this going and what's going on? I, I tend to be efficient, try to be as a fit. I mean, uh, let's get it done well, but let's do it as fast as possible so we can move on to the next thing, right? We need to uh, tick these things off the list, and uh, it shows up in a lot of different places in my life. Um, just being uh, transparent this morning, I guess. But uh, whether that's in my driving, I'm always thinking about the, oh, this route would probably save me about 12 seconds, so maybe I'll go here and, and, uh, and, and avoid traffic there or avoid that light there. Uh, it shows up in my, in my uh, daily tasks and routines. I organize 
organize things on how I can accomplish the most in the least amount of time. And I'm thinking about how I can be as efficient as possible and look for ways to do it better and, and faster without sacrificing quality. I love using technology, but, but if the technology at times, uh, it, it, it at times can get in the way and make things uh, slower. And so I'll ditch the technology and pull out the pen and paper and, and just get whatever's going to be, uh, get me the results uh, as efficiently as possible. Unfortunately, that desire for efficiency also spills over into my spiritual life. The, the conversation might go something like this. Okay, God, you want to lead me on righteous paths, so let's get to it. We got, we got some stuff to do here. Go ahead, develop my character, make me holy, and this afternoon, if you don't mind, uh, and yeah, the patience thing, go ahead, let's make me patient today because I got a thing coming and we need to make that happen. Let's, uh, let's get this thing going. But righteousness doesn't work that way. Holiness takes time. It can be messy and difficult. I mean, it literally takes a lifetime. We, we have to let the shepherd set the pace. Following the shepherd means we're going to live life at his pace, not ours. It starts with that decision to, to stop being stubborn and to follow the shepherd, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it takes me out of my, my, my comfortable ways that I'm used to doing things. Uh, but then that submission leads to a lifetime of growth and development and holiness. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a, it's a crock pot, not a microwave. It's smoked meat, low and slow, not a truck stop hot dog. I don't know, the metaphors could go on and on. The, the right paths, now you're hungry. Some of you are heading to the truck stop right after this, I bet. The right paths are not usually the straightest or the quickest, but they're always the best. We have to let our shepherd set the pace. Along with that, following the shepherd not only means letting him set the pace, but it also means that we're gonna stay in proximity to him. Stay in proximity to the shepherd and to the rest of the flock. You will not stay on the paths of righteousness if you're following at a distance. You've got to stay close. So, so what are you doing? What habits are you developing with the express intention of helping you stay close to Jesus? You, you won't stay on the right paths by chance. It takes intentionality. It takes work even. Uh, like with any relationship, you have to spend time together and, and talk to each other. Uh, there's shared experiences. You, you, uh, you have conversations, maybe even arguments. Maybe you get mad. Maybe there's forgiveness. Uh, all the things in a relationship are the same in our relationship with God. Following Jesus down the right paths is a lifelong commitment to a close relationship. You, you will not hear the shepherd's voice. You will not sense his nudge. You will not see his steps and be able to walk in them if you're not in close proximity to the shepherd. We've got to stay close. We can't sense his direction for where those right paths are if we're not already staying close. So many times we, uh, we come up to a decision and we've really kind of just been living for ourselves, right? And, and then we come up to a decision, a decision we go, oh, I just, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Well, it starts with you following him in little things every single minute of the day. And then when the big things come, you're already in the groove of following his leadership and you can sense his nudge and you feel, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's all in the context. It's as easy and as complicated as a relationship. And so we've got to stay close. 
A great way to stay close to Jesus is also to stay close to other people who are following Jesus, right? Uh, and, and so we've, we've got we to gotta hang out with the flock, so to speak. Um, are you in relationships with people who are helping, you, helping to guide you in right paths? Because there's a lot of people who probably are helping you to not necessarily walk in right paths. We're all influenced by, by the people we have in our lives, some for good, some for, some for bad. Uh, the, some, some things we can't ignore, some influence we, we can't avoid. There might be negative people in your family or your, your school or your work or, or wherever, but, but we should be seeking out, again, intentionally seeking out relationships with people who are following the shepherd down those right paths, and as we live together with them, we help each other to continue to follow those right paths. That's why we have something called the church, Right? The, the writer of Hebrews says that one major thing that we do for each other in the church is to spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but, but encouraging one another. In other words, God uses us to help each other to stay on these paths of righteousness. It's a, it's a statistical fact that, that, that people today... In, uh, in 2020, 2021, uh, in, in, in recent years, uh, people are just attending church less often. Not long ago, uh, if someone would call themselves a regular attender of a church, if they, if they, uh, if they went three times a week, right? You got Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, the, the holy hours of the week. Uh, ministry can't happen unless it's Sunday morning, Sunday, no, sorry. Uh, so so uh, if I'm a regular attender, I'm coming three, day, three times a week. Now, a regular attender is probably someone who is uh, coming to church maybe three times a month, right? And that's, that's kind of pushing it, Pastor. I mean, three, time, three out of four? Come on. What, what are we talking about here, right? Then we throw, throw, throw COVID into the mix and, and everything's topsy-turvy. And, and I, I don't think we've completely given up meeting together, but, but uh, and, and not just we, the church, Big C Church, Christianity in general in America, we seem to be heading in that direction. And I'm not advocating that we go back to how, how we have always done it or how we used to do it. In fact, uh, several years ago, many years ago, we simplified our schedule on purpose around here in order to give you time to live out your faith outside of here. I think a lot of churches uh, over, uh, over plan, uh, over program, and we spend all of our time in here with us and not much time out there with other people who need to uh, hear the, uh, the, the, the voice and, the, and, and experience the life with God, and so we we cut back and simplified uh, on purpose, so that uh, so that we wouldn't be over programmed and over scheduled, and and we would uh, so that we wouldn't neglect uh, loving people to life away from here. But we also still need to be an active part of uh, of the church and its gatherings, things like worship services, things like classes and groups and events. It's important. It's not just for what you can get and the benefit that you receive from from uh, uh, being part of the body of Christ, but it's how you can encourage other how God can encourage others through you. If you're not here, you can't spur someone on toward love and good deeds, right? Uh, we we help each other stay on right paths as we're following the shepherd. I think it's neat to think about the, uh, the, the, if we're like sheep, you almost never see just like one, right? There, it's, it's a communal thing. It's a, it's a community of followers. We're together following the shepherd. There's a proximity to it. We've got to stay close to the shepherd. And, and a big part of that is staying close to the flock.
Well, there's, uh, there, there's one more part of this verse that, that, that maybe we tend to skip over, but it, it, it really tells the reason why, the motivation for why the, the Lord, our shepherd, guides us in paths of righteousness. No matter how much you might want it to be, it's not about you. Uh, it, it's not about us. Uh, he guides us along paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's all about when a, when, a, when a flock of sheep is, is healthy and strong, uh, not only is that best for the sheep, uh, that's great, it's, it's good for the sheep and, and they need to be healthy and strong, but then that reflects well on the shepherd, right? Uh, everyone who sees those sheep knows how much work it is to keep that flock looking like that, and so that shepherd is, is praised and, and his reputation is lifted up. Uh, uh, but, of course, a flock that is emaciated and sickly and worn down, uh, you know, everyone looks and, and sees that that shepherd is not taking the, uh, the, the good care of the of the sheep like he should, and, and he'll have a bad reputation. The whole point of our lives is to bring glory to God, to glorify God. We, we're here to point to him, to worship him, to, to make him look good. David says that, that, that that's the reason the Lord, our shepherd, leads us down these paths of righteousness. It's for his namesake. When we are holy and righteous, when we are following those right paths, it gives God glory. It it doesn't just end with us. It's not just about me being holy and and checking off a list and seeing how, quote, holy I can be. Uh, The only reason that that God moves and works in us is is so that we can uh, point that, uh, that, that worship and that glory back to him. Elsewhere in scripture, we're commanded to be holy uh, over and over again, especially in the Old Testament, but also echoed in the New. Uh, new uh, uh, it says, be holy because I am holy. God is instructing us. We're, we're concerned about God's name and reputation, surely, but, but uh, also we are just here to reflect the character of the shepherd. He's holy. If we're following him, then we're allowing him to make us holy too. Our character begins to look like his character, his name, his character, his holiness reflected in us. Following the shepherd isn't just good for us. It highlights who God is and it points people to him. We should, we should never be living this life so that we can attract people to us. Our whole point in following the shepherd is to also bring as many people along to follow him as well because it's for his name's sake. 